Welcome back to another exciting week of the Tyson Priest Show. I'm so glad you decided to take the time to spend it with me. I am your foxhole buddy. I'm going to dig into that foxhole with you, help you fight the fight, give you things to help keep your heart in the right place. Because as you transition through periods of life, the heart has to be in the right place so that you can make the right decision. King Solomon said in Proverbs 4.23 that our we must guard our hearts above all else because out of it flow flows the decisions of life. If you're going to make a decision in life, it comes from the heart. And so it's so vitally important that we take care of our decision-making center. What is at the core of that center? Well, if you've listened for any length of time, you already know. For those of you that are just listening, this is the core of your heart. It is where your intellect and your emotions meet, and then it causes a physical reaction with your body. In other words, you make a decision based on an emotion and no intellect, not good. If you make a decision solely based on intellect without understanding how it might impact others, how you're feeling at the time, the energy and the willpower that you currently have in the gas tank to see it through to the end, if not fully understanding that, that's not good either. And so this is that intersection as you make the transition. I just want to, again, say thank you for listening. If you didn't get a chance to listen to last week's episode, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to that. Um, it is really, really a good show. As I interviewed a gentleman by the name of Kyle Leathers, he left the office and is now a homesteader. And he actually uh, runs a self-sustaining farm. And so he went from sitting behind a desk to homesteading. Incredible story. And he shared with us the three things that he did to ease his anxiety, worries, and fears of moving from an office to homesteading and being a, being a sustainable farmer. Incredible, incredible story. Go back and listen to that. Well, some of you know, if you listen to this show for any amount of time, that I do coaching on the side. I help coach people through their transitions into new events, new hobbies, new entrepreneurial endeavors. Um, and I just got some feedback from someone that is in a coaching group that I call a mastermind on Tuesdays. And this is what he had to say. So I want to share this with you. Um, if you have any feedback from our podcast, I'd love to hear it. Uh, I want to hear how it's impacting you. Things maybe you'd like for me to cover, questions that you have. Um, but again, I want to read this feedback. It comes from Brian Gorman. And he said this, he says, I recently had the pleasure of joining and participating in Tyson, Tyson's coaching network. Not only is Tyson, Tyson, a good friend, he's a gifted listener who brings unique insight and wisdom to our group discussions. I would highly recommend Tyson to anyone who is looking for coaching, whether it be on a personal or professional level. Listen, I'm excited for what Brian's doing, what he's doing in his HR podcast, in his eight, uh, human resources work. It's so cool to see him grow um, and to get his message and human resources information out there for companies. Um, he's doing a phenomenal job. I want to help you. I want to come alongside you, lift you up, 
encourage you to become more than what you currently are. I can help you see the blind spots that you won't see unless you have another party. You know, one of the things that helps every entrepreneur, every person making a transition is having that person next to them, checking the blind spots, seeing what can't be seen. And so I want to do that for you. Would you reach out to me, Tyson at TysonPriest.com. If you're interested in the group coaching session, just put that in the email. Or if you're interested in one-on-one coaching, I can do, I do that as well. So there's that. Today, I want to talk about gratitude and the two little words called thank you. I know it seems like, oh my gosh, really? Again, but I think we're going to pull the curtain back on some things that you may or may not know about this phrase, thank you. You know, in the United States, we tend to be overly proud of this idea that I did it on my own, right? I'm a self-made man. I'm a self-made woman. And I've, as I've said previously in other shows, simply is not the case. That, as I said in a previous show, you didn't get into this world by yourself. You're not going to get through this world by yourself. I don't care if you're an introvert's introvert. You still need people. We are designed to be connected. I mean, I think if quarantine from COVID taught us anything, we are designed to be connected. And part of connecting well is knowing when to say thank you. Knowing who those people are that have pushed you up the mountain of your dreams that are helping you own it. I know in my own life, there are key people that have pushed me, that have helped me, that have been there um, to walk beside me. They've been there to walk in front of me and take the bullets. They've, (laughs) They've pushed me from behind, right? Knowing where they need to be in that moment. And I believe that God put them in my life at just the right time to accomplish the things that I needed to accomplish. And he knew that they would be there for me to get things done that needed to be done. And it's so vitally important in our life. I want to share with you a story, a true story from Vietnam uh, about about, um, being thankful and the importance of uh, the attitude of gratitude. It's about, and maybe you've heard this story, it's about a pilot by the name of Charles Plum. I love this story. I don't think I've shared this on the podcast. I know I've used it in sermons at church, but I don't think I've used it here on the podcast. So Charles Plum is a U.S. Navy fighter pilot, and he flew about 75 combat missions uh, in his plane, sorry, jet, <laughs> for you aviators. And his jet was shot down by a SAM, a surface-to-air missile. So when he gets hit, he realizes there's no saving the plane. There's no getting back to the USS Kitty Hawk from which he took off. <clears throat> so he ejects. And he spends six years in a communist Vietnamese prison and the torture and everything else that goes along with that. And he, he survived that. And he, at the end of the war, uh, he was able to, well, he didn't escape basically on an exchange program. He got 
he got back. And time goes by. And one night, you know, he's back. He's a civilian now. And he's, he's um, having dinner with his wife, just the two of them. They're out on a date. And they're sitting at a restaurant. And unbeknownst to them, out of the blue, walks up a man to their table. And he looks with astonishment, with absolute surprise at Plum. Just completely shocked. Cannot believe that this guy is sitting at this table. Well, Plum doesn't know, and certainly his wife doesn't know who this guy is. And then suddenly the gentleman blurts out. He goes, you're Plum. You flew jet fighters in Vietnam from the aircraft carrier Kitty Hawk. You were shot down. Well, I mean, you can just imagine the amazed look on uh, on Plum's face, on both not only Charles' face, but on his wife's face. Like, who first, who is this guy? And how did he know I was shot down over Vietnam? Like, how... Who is this guy? Well, Plum then responds in the conversation and says, well, how in the world did you know that? Like, yo, dude, who are you? And then the gentleman replies, I packed your parachute. Plum literally gasped in surprise and in what we're talking about today gratitude and when you hear Charles Plum tell this story he says that the gentleman (laughs) after saying I packed your parachute gives a fist pump and he says I guess it worked (laughs) excuse me as anyone who does any of that kind of work would hope that it would right you want your parachute to work if you have to eject and Charles Plum reassured him he says It sure did. I mean, if your shoot hadn't worked, I wouldn't be here today. And they have some other pleasantries around the table and they talk. But then Charles Plum, when he tells the story, he says that later that night, he couldn't sleep. He he couldn't stop thinking about this guy who stopped at the table and was so excited that his packed parachute had worked. And then Plum says in his, in his talk, he says, I kept wondering what he might have looked like in a Navy uniform, a white hat, a bib in the back and bell-bottom trousers. He says, I wonder how many times I might have seen him and not even said, good morning, how are you? Who are the people in your life that, You go by every day that you take for granted. Plum goes on to say, or, or anything, because you see, I was a fighter pilot and he was just a sailor. Now I want to stop just for a minute in this story and I want to talk about something. I want to talk about this word just. We tend to use that a lot. Well, I'm just a teacher. I'm just a parent. I'm just 
a lawyer. I'm just an engineer. I'm just a producer. I'm just a farmer. Listen, stop degrading yourself. Stop degrading yourself. In fact, uh, I'm sitting here working on my new book this morning, and I want to read to you something that I think is just uh, incredible. I, I, it's just absolutely astounding, and it has to do with our thought life and this word, just. And let me find it here in my new book, and I want to read this to you because it's so key. It has to do with our thought life. Did you realize that we tend to think about the same thing every day, day in and day out? Now, you're probably thinking to yourself, well, sure, yeah, I know that. But listen to this. According to a study done by the National Science Foundation, a person has about 50,000 thoughts a day. Now, that's, that's a lot. That 50,000 thoughts that's a lot of thinking for the that's the average person. Some people think way more, some people think way less. I'll let you identify who those people are in your life that think more and think less. Nonetheless, the average person has 50,000 thoughts a day. What they found in this study of those thoughts, the majority, 80% of them, 80% of your 50,000 thoughts are negative. Now, here's the kicker. Over 90% of those thoughts are repeated the next day. Or 90% of those thoughts are the same thoughts from the day before. If you're having 50,000 thoughts a day with 80% of them being negative and 90% of them are just from the day before, guess what's ingrained in your brain? This is why then we say things like, well, I'm just a parachute packer. I'm just a meat packer. I'm just a pilot. I'm just a custodian. I'm just, you fill in the blank. You fill in the blank. But think about that. Of your 50,000 thoughts, 80% of them are going to be negative. I don't know about you, but that speaks to me. That says, hey, what? it's time to think about what you're thinking about. And when we use the word just, that's exactly what we're doing. We're pulling the curtain back and letting everybody know that I'm, I think of myself as a nobody. And I want to tell you, that's not true. But when you use the word, I'm just, and then you fill in the blank, that's what you're portraying to people. That's the picture you're painting to people. And it reeks. It absolutely stinks of a lack of of confidence. It reeks of self-doubt. It reeks of someone who isn't content with their life. It reeks of somebody who is down on themselves. And here's what I want to tell you. Stop it. Just stop it. There's no need for it. You're better than that. You can do whatever it is you set your mind out to do. You can accomplish it. And so let's get back to our story. 
So Plum then begins to think as he lays there in bed at night, like, how many times did I pass this guy on the USS Kitty Hawk? How many times did I see this guy in the lunchroom? How many times did I see this guy on the, on the flight deck? He begins to think about the hours that the sailor had spent on some long wooden table in the bowels of the USS Kitty Hawk, carefully weaving the shrouds, folding the silk of the parachute, holding his hands each time every with every fold with every tuck with every alignment of every cord each one is holding the fate of someone he didn't know think about that packing a parachute now let me ask you what plum asks his audience who's packing your parachute Who's in the bowels of your ship of life, making sure that every silk piece of the parachute is tucked just right, the cords are laid properly? Who in your life is taking the time to help you make your dream a reality? Who are those trailblazers, as we talked about in a previous episode, about the 2% of your friends that will invest blood, sweat, and tears, time, and finances with you to make your dream happen. Who are those people? Have we taken them for granted? Have we looked into the bowels of our life to say, wait a minute, that individual has done far more for me than what I have shown gratitude for them. Everybody has someone who provides what they need to make it through the day. And if you kind of go through your life, stop for a moment, write down those people that are tucking your parachute, that are prepping your parachute to ensure that if the worst thing happens to you, you're still going to be okay. Because it's those people that pack your parachute, that love you, that care about you, that at the end of the day, they don't mind sitting in the shadows and propping you up. That's important to you. That's important to them because there's a mutual trust and a mutual respect. And to some degree, a love there because they're taking action. Right? Love is best expressed through action. Let me say that again. Love is best expressed through action. There was a study done in regards to gratitude. And what they did is they took letters. And they, uh, so let me, let me back up. I should first say they. Um, there was a university that wanted to test the impact of gratitude on people. And so in a, in this study, they created a, ficti- a fictitious uh, student who's looking to get a new job by the name of Eric. Now, Eric emailed key people and said, hey, I heard you're good at this or you're, you can help me with my resume. I would love your input on my resume. So this fictitious Eric sends out his resume and there is just a little bit of a twist. Uh, 
because he follows up with a, with a reply after sending out his resume and asking for help. And one group of people in the study get a very thankful, appreciative, appreciative uh, follow-up email. The other group get a neutral follow-up email. Now, here, here's the amazing part. They found that those people that got the neutral email about follow-up on his resume and the input that they could have, they found out that 32% of those people that got the neutral email helped and actually responded to help responded to helping him adjust his resume. Now, consider this. Those that got the attitude about helping him with his resume 98% responded back. That is an increase of 66% by responding with an attitude of gratitude. Now, of course, this Eric and this job was all fictitious, and no, but nobody knew that. Just, just consider what your attitude of gratitude and your thankfulness does in your relationship for others. You elevate people when you thank them. You elevate their status or at least their perceived status in your world. This is why gratitude is so important. It also clears your brain for better thought. Now, I'm not going to get into this simply to say if you're familiar with the emotional elevator, and you can just Google emotional elevator. It'll come right up. You'll see the chart that I'm talking about. Attitude of gratitude is the top floor of emotion. We think more clearly. We make better decisions. We can kind of foresee the future or see where things are headed. When our heads are in an attitude of gratitude, we are better thinkers. This is the importance of of having an attitude of gratitude to say, thank you for that. Thank you for packing my parachute when I was shot down. Thank you for being there. I'm really appreciative of the friends that I have around me. I'm really appreciative of my spouse, of my kids, of my parents, and so on. When you live in that attitude, you can accomplish more and think more clearly. We never want to make a decision, especially a life-altering decision in a transition when we are below, emotionally, we are below this neutral level of asking why. An, An attitude or a thought process of why is this happening, what's going on, that's kind of a neutral, that's neutral ground. And then your elevator goes up from there. Again, just Google mood elevator or emotional elevator. It should come up. You'll see what I'm talking about. We never make transitional decisions when we are at neutral or emotionally in the basement, when we are indifferent, when we are angry, when we are depressed, when we are sad. We, we don't make major decisions in those moods. 
What you do is you strap your seatbelt on and you wait until you can get your mind into a state of gratitude. So important, so big here when you're making a transition because you think more clearly. You understand things better than when you're at neutral or down in the basement emotionally. So I want to encourage you, when you think about having an attitude of gratitude and being thankful for those around you, who are those people? Have you thanked them today? Have you thanked them this week or this month or this year? Have you thanked your spouse for just being them? Don't thank them for what they do. Say thank you just for who they are. It'll make a tremendous difference. You'll elevate them in their thinking. You'll elevate them in their status, if you will. Now, maybe you're not overly conducive to saying thank you. Maybe, maybe that's difficult for you. I want to give you um, a few tips here on how you can grow your attitude of gratitude. One of the things that I do every morning is I, in my journal, write down, and let me just clarify real quick, uh, the journal is also a planner. So it's a combination of both a planner, the intellectual side, and it's a journal, the emotional side. They must come to bear together in transition and always, always allow the intellectual, thoughtful piece of you override the emotions because emotions will fluctuate back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Intellectually, you can sit back and go, no, I see wisdom here. Because we follow wisdom in transition. We do not follow knowledge. I don't have time to get into the difference. Simply to suffice to say that intellectually, we should be following wisdom, not knowledge. Knowledge changes. Wisdom does not. Emotions will change up and down, up and down. Intellectually following wisdom does not change. change. It is a, that is a timeless truth in the world of wisdom. So... What I do in the morning, I sit down and just with one word, I, there's a question in there that says, what are you thankful for today? And I usually write one or two words. It's that simple. Today, I'm going to focus and be thankful for, and then insert it, my oldest son. I'm going to be thankful for my youngest son. I'm going to be thankful for my wife. I'm going to be thankful for whatever it might be. My job, even though, yes, my boss or my coworkers are jerks sometimes, I'm thankful that I at least have a job, I can earn an income and so on. So that's one thing you can do. Wake up in the morning, write down one word or one thing that you're grateful for. The other thing that you can do to be grateful is on the other end of your day, as you climb into bed at night, in my planner journal, it has at the bottom things that went well today. And I have to write out something that went well today. Even if my day was an absolute train wreck and flowed with sewage, guess what? There's a silver lining somewhere. And because I know that the attitude that I go to bed with will be directly related to the attitude I wake up with, I want to go to bed thinking about 
what went well that, that day. That's the second thing you can do. The third thing you can do, and I'm just going to leave it at this, and there are uh, studies that, that actually support and back this up. And so um, you can just kind of Google this, but I don't do this as much. I tend to be more face-to-face, but studies have shown that when you sit down and just write a quick thank you letter or a quick thank you card to somebody, um, it doesn't have to be for anything big. Again, just thank somebody for who they are. Uh, acknowledge their being, not their doing. Just write down, hey, thank you for being my friend. Thank you for uh, always making me laugh. Thank you for your attitude during that day when it was a train wreck and the sewage was flowing, right? <laughs> Writing that out involves multiple uh, multiple senses, right? So uh, you're writing it out, which means you're seeing it with your eyes. If you read it out loud, you're speaking, you're hearing, and you're touching because you're physically writing and it begins to ingrain in you through multiple senses, the attitude of gratitude. So there's three things. Wake up, one word today, I'm going to be thankful for this. When I'm stuck at a stoplight, I'm not going to say, why am I hitting all the stoplights? I'm going to say, nope, today I'm thankful for this. Go to bed. Because your attitude when you go to bed directly affects the attitude you have when you wake up, then you're going to write down an attitude of gratitude, right? What did what what went well today? And then you might take the time. The third thing is to write that letter. I want to encourage you to do those three things. Grow the attitude of gratitude, not the attitude of, well, I'm just, right? And I don't deserve this. Listen. You are capable of so much more. You can go out and do more. I know you will. Listen, this is, if you want to consider this your pep talk, fine. Consider this your pep talk. You're capable of it. Go do it. Get an attitude of gratitude. Clear your mind. Think clearly. Make no bad decisions when you're in that gutter of emotions. Get to neutral or certainly want to get higher than neutral to make a decision. I want to help you do that. I would encourage you to email me, Tyson at TysonPriest.com. Would love to coach you. Would love to see you achieve your dreams, climb the mountain of your dreams and own it. Would you do me another favor as well? Would you rate this podcast? Would you share it with your friends? Help me get some more recognition. We've added another country that's listening now. So thank you for those of you that are listening from around the world. Share this with your friends. Share it with uh, your social media groups, and be sure to rate this, like this, comment on this on whatever platform you're listening on. I'd really, really appreciate it. Listen, until next week, own it, out.